What's up, bums? We're back. Sorry, I'm going to choose presser real quick. One sec. Oh, all right. What's up, bums? Yeah, we're oh. back. <laughs> Sorry. I put a pretzel fish in my mouth. <laughs> all right. Today, we're going to talk about emotions and managing emotions. Um, and honestly, for those, we're recording this after we released the first part on like being a guy. And this really is tangentially related to our discussion on being a guy. For sure, because we're going to be talking about emotions and especially emotions for guys, uh, specifically, obviously, because we don't really have as much. We have observa- observations that we have of society and women and their emotions, as well as other people that and other groups, but maybe not necessarily like as much as we do with being a guy in the United States. So we're going to talk about that tangentially related to our previous topic. We will be coming back to the guy stuff. Especially since it being September, you know, Bryce, I know you want to come back to talk to me, especially about suicide, suicide prevention, and men. Um, this is September is Suicide Prevention Month, uh, so just added on all that to it. But anyways, all right, Bryce. So, what's your definition of emotions? I mean, I think the simplest ways you could put feelings. Uh, I think of emotions is maybe a more stronger handed word than feelings. So I would probably classify them as like, like very strong feelings. Um, but, but I don't know. I don't know if it's truly fair to say they're always strong. I mean, because I think about it too, is like when I've felt certain emotions, some aren't always as deep as others, but I, I would, I would say more, it's more than a feeling at the same time. Like it's definitely going to be at the back of your mind, kind of nudging you at least at a minimum but yeah really strong just feelings towards certain instances uh events certain types of ways yeah what about you eddie i mean or yeah, i mean you think I, you disagree i mean i'm pretty much on the same boat i just have some definitions pulled up uh a conscious mental reaction subjectively experienced as a strong feeling usually directed toward a specific object and typically typically accompanied by physiological and behavioral changes in the body a state of feeling, the effective aspect of consciousness. Um, Britannica has it as complex experience of consciousness, bodily sensation, and behavior that reflects the personal significance of a thing, an event, or a state of affairs. And uh, the American Psychological Association has a similar, uh, it, it adapts the Merriam-Webster definition, which is the first one I mentioned. So, I mean, they're all pretty much on it. I think one of the biggest things I mentioned is not only is it like something we feel, it's also expressed and felt physically. So not only like if, you know, when the Ducks won on Saturday, not only did we feel excitement and joy mentally and recognize how big of a win that was, but physically we wanted to jump around, you know, I wanted to drink and do other stuff that were the physical manifestations of those very emotions. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking maybe we could do this fun little exercise because I just kind of Googled like basic emotions. How do you feel like emotionally and physically react when you're like expressing happiness or true feeling like true happiness? Like a smile. Yeah. Like a, Maybe fat, a little, little laugh. Big, yeah. 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 Like it's hard to put away that grin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, same thing. I, I probably get like really excited too, I would say. Um, and I think my body, like I probably move a lot. I feel like, when I think about yeah, happiness, energy, like, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm just like, ah. uh, what about sadness, Eddie? I mean, it depends on the context of sadness. I'm either going to be very quiet or it's going to be me being subdued and like in disbelief. Okay. Like, yeah, like when think- Stanford ended up beating Oregon, I, I wasn't quiet. I was just like in a state of disbelief. Like you have to be shitting me. It was like I, my general I- attitude. Yeah, my eyes are going straight to the ground. I'm a slumber. Yeah. If I'm like really b- sad, or like I think too, someone's like said that like I could just kind of lose all expression in my face. I just look like a like a dead like a dead soul or something like that. Yeah, you just flat. Yeah. What about uh disgust? Dude, that's I, haven't we talked about disgust before? Because I feel like I'm about to say something I've said before. Oh, we talked about guilt. It was guilt. Guilt. But disgust, do you still feel like a strong feeling of I need to get away and distance myself yes. from whatever's happening? And again, depending on the context, I'm either like 
laughing and getting away from it. Like if someone like threw up in front of me, I'm like, all right, that's, that's disgusting. You know, I'm gonna get away from that. Or if something happened that was like really bad, I might be angry and I need to walk away before I do something. Yeah. I was going to say, I think for me, I associate disgust mainly with anger or Mm. that's mainly where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, like I get very serious, uh, more probably like an annoyed look. I think that's what I would probably say. Uh, speaking of that, what about anger? What is ang- I'm curious to know too what angry Eddie looks like. I have an idea, bro. It's it's very in line with the disbelief, except it's like I'm like almost shaking just to control myself. Okay, I don't know if you notice this. I've only seen you. What I would say is mad one time, and you do this thing with your arms where you like you like fully stretch them out, but they're not like flying. They're 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 just like very yeah. yeah. And it's I think like, it's like oh, a dude. fight or flight, like. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. getting ready to fight basically. <laughs> um I've been known to shake a little bit. Like kinda like that, but I don't know. I don't know how many times you guys have seen me truly angry. Yeah, that's a good question. I think I've you've thrown stuff out of anger. But maybe it wasn't like that deep hanger anger hate, if you will. Thrones. Play Call of Duty, bro. Twenty nineteen. Oh Call yeah, oh yeah. Well, I wouldn't say I'm. I mean, I'm like mad. Like frustration, I'm like, maybe. Yeah, I'm yeah. frustrated. That's what I'm saying. I'm it's not like hateful anger, right? Where you're gonna like, yeah, right, react yeah, in such I, a I negative, think, negative way. I would say I probably just get really serious. Yeah. Um. What about fear? I think that's a good one. That one, I definitely go quiet. Don't talk a lot. Eyes constantly. Flowing, yeah, I would clearing say, my throat. I need water. Yeah, I would say my eyes get real big, and I start doing this scanning thing where I'm like looking around, like at all. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> it's like the fear, classic fear response, you know. Yeah, and then surprise. Um, I think we've gotten you with some good surprises before. Oh, dude. <laughs> I think it's a little bit of the deer in the headlights for you, but not like a bad way either. I yeah, think yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, y'all got me good for that birthday that one time. Yeah. That was, that yeah, was well done, well done. You almost blew it twice because one of the bums was late and had to run and hide from our car parking in the in the driveway to run around in the front of the house. And then it I wasn't think me, but it wasn't you. And then they someone left the beers on the kitchen table. And so I came back and I was like, wait, what the fuck? Like I think the, all the lights were off too, and I'm like, no, no, we left lights on. So yeah, you. Had, but anyways, anyways, yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh shit. Dude, not to go off on a tangent, I was fucked up one of uh, Jabum Red's birthdays because his mom ordered all this stuff for his birthday, which was cool. Mm-hmm. You know, took care of it. But this place was so far away from UG. I mean, like I was like almost in Corvallis getting this stuff. I think she got like the addresses mixed up, and I, and my my dumbass, I didn't check it. I just assumed. Oh, it's a Eugene address. Yeah. And like, I was almost late, dude. I was hauling ass to get back to the bunker, dude. I was almost yeah. up in Corvo getting the cake and everything. <laughs> that was a funny story. I was going to add a surprise for you when you were working at Kohl's. Remember? Oh, dude, I get scared. Blade, <laughs> Jared, Daniel, Sandy, uh, and I pulled up. Yeah, you guys almost got me fired, bro. Like, yeah. I mean, looking back, <laughs> I wouldn't have been, I would have been mad in the moment, but then I would have been like, thank yeah. God to a certain extent so but yeah i just thought it'd be fun to talk about maybe yeah, certain no, emotions that we... oh, but, um i think it's also a good segue to let's see into like the societal problems and like where we learn okay so mm. like we're, so these are the emotions okay actually i want to start with where we learn these emotions and then get to societal stuff we'll, we'll mix it up yeah you know, i so always like, i Go ahead, go ahead. I, you know, I think it's an interesting question because I think it's a, were you born with it or was it something learned type discourse when it comes to this? Because I think some people definitely are born with certain instinctual ways of thinking dispositions. about certain dispositions and handling certain emotions versus others. But I also think as a sociologist, like I'm always probably going to lean more towards it's something you see as a child and 
Um, not to throw anyone in my family under a bus, but definitely you bringing up that when I get frustrated, I throw things. Definitely learned that from some family members. Um, never Xbox controllers, but definitely some other things. Um, so that's definitely like a learned, I don't know, emotion per se, or response to an emotion, I should say. Uh, I want to add, I agree with you. I know that in my either my master's program or my undergrad, I forget which one because it all a lot of that stuff blends together. Uh, we looked at the heritability of happiness, and that happiness has a set point. That's why I think it's not master's. That is influenced by genetics, but the rest of it is your own learning. I think it's a happiness set point, and basically. Your own experiences can then compound it or like decrease it essentially. But off the topic of you learning, there's this concept called observational learning theory. So like as a baby, right? Like you're kind of like you're saying, like if a baby's happy, no one told them you smile, right? When you're happy. But they see the people around them, especially their parents, they can tell that they're kind of up and more animated, if you will. And so a baby sees them smile, so then they smile. Um, and other similar stuff that goes on like that. Um, you know, babies are going to feel things, but they can't always express them. Hence why, like, babies either cry because they're hungry, they need a new diaper, they need to sleep, right? Like, that's the only way of attracting attention for the emotions and feelings that they have. Um, so observational learning theory essentially, like, talks about how much we learn from watching the people around us do things and learn societal cues from them or how to handle our emotions or any of that. And that can lead to a lot of problems that we'll get into discussing soon. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that's interesting to bring it up. You know, it makes me think uh, back to a couple of times when I was playing like youth soccer, long story short, we had ugly ass uniforms. I found out we were going to get brand new, good looking ones. I proceeded to take my shirt off and run around the soccer field for a while. And my mom was like, where did you learn that? And I was like, I was just happy. Like, I don't know. And there was another incident in high school where, again, something nice happened, like really dope happened. And I freaked out. I kind of was freaking out. And I took my shirt off and I ran around in circles. (laughs) And then as Cooper knows and his wife and some other people that will not be named, uh, when watching the ending of Game of Thrones, there was a specific scene that happened that made me really happy. I took off my shirt and ran around their living room, ran down the stairs, ran into the street, came back. Uh, so, I mean, it's not like something that happens all the time, but it's definitely like, I don't know, like learn behavior outside. It, uh, yeah, learn behavior outside. I feel like you learned that from soccer, but. Yeah, well, essentially, you know, when Messi would score, like, not just Messi, but a lot of guys would score, they would take their shirt yeah. off and run around. Yeah. So it's like. But yeah, it made me think of that instantly because I remember yeah. my mom being like, where where did you get that? Like, where did that come right. from? But you learn that. Like, that's one of those things yeah. that you kind of learn. Yeah. As yeah. well as what you feel. Like, I think that's one of the big things with emotions. It's like, and that's why, let me look at the definition of emotional intelligence while I'm at it too. Yeah. That's the big thing with emotions is that like, yeah, you know, a we lot have of a it can guide well, you to do stuff. Right? Well, so, let's talk ahead. about one bum in particular without saying their name. There's a guy that anytime we would do sports, football, basketball, soccer, and he would do anything positive, his reaction would be to talk shit to the other team and say really negative stuff to them. Like that was like, but that was him with a lot of things. We would be watching sports, we'd be watching TV, and his response to something that make him really happy would be to talk shit. Like, I. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm curious about, like, what about for you? Is there any emotion you could think of where, like, it comes to mind? Because, like, I mean, you didn't really talk shit at night. Yeah, or just make you do something. Dude, like, I think I just, like, I had like, the I thought, talk shit beat out of me when I was, like, into Adele's house. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, no, but we talked about the Raider guy who jumps in the pool whenever the Raiders win. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, not that um I don't know if you had a thing. I've never uh, I've never seen you act in a big way in anything. So which is why I'm, I guess I'm like asking if you have Shit, I'm trying to think. 
I mean, there was like a few volleyball tournaments uh, when I was playing for the team at my high school at Dale South. We won some of them, and I'm just super hype. Definitely showed emotions there. I think it was funny, actually, our last year, our fifth year, there's a play that I wish one of our friends got on video because I think they were recording some of the plays. Our, our friends, not like someone like trying oh. to like, you know what I mean? It was, yeah. well, she's been on the podcast. It's been a while, Jordan. Yeah. She had been recording some of the stuff and I wish she would have gotten it. But basically in the middle of the play, it kind of broke down and I'm like scrambling around and I hear their sideline from the play before that people, they heard my name. Oh, I know. Like, oh, about. you guys, yeah, you can't funny. lose to someone called Eddie who wears fucking glasses and goggles. Come on. <laughs> and I'm scrambling and I hear that. And I put one of their guys on skates. He falls backwards. And I find Jared. And I just throw that thing like 35, 40 yards downfield. And he ends up just whoop, over somebody. And mm. he caught that. And I was like, I immediately just jumped up and did like the classic like. Whoop, and I was like, that's fucking right. My name's Eddie and I wear goggles. And I just heard them all shut up. And they like giggled and laughed and stuff. I'm like, that's, that's what I thought. I, and I, know I think exactly that was like one of the moments. Yeah, I think that was one of the moments. Like, I really just let it out instead of holding it in, like I usually well, do. Because if, if I'm being honest, yeah. I've been surrounded by plenty of people that are more than happy to express a plethora of emotions. That I always feel like I got to be the person that reigns it in. You know? Yeah, I I don't know how many times I've ever seen you let it loose, like yeah. like let it loose. You know what I mean? Because because yeah. in the bums, we had no problem doing that. We beat but, when we beat Washington. I was I, the first time. I was texting everybody. I'm like, "You better be at the bars tonight. You better be drunk. Like, you better be on it." And I was ready to go. And I Dude, was, I was just, I was on it. I was ready. I remember us doing the classic like football jump up in the air and b- hit each other, bro. It was just like on sight. I was like, Eddie, <laughs> dude, that was a crazy. That was like so much emotional overload. That game. Yeah, that, like I couldn't take my shirt off and run it because I was just like trying to <laughs> process on the job. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to process everything, dude. Shout, hey, shout out to Tyler Shuck because that was the first guy I did that with. He actually took me to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's like what six three, two hundred twenty pounds. Yeah, like yeah, it was not my greatest on. idea. And he hit me with the pads. And I was like, oh, I hate it. <laughs> I did not care. It was awesome. Here's the thing. So that's, that's, I think is an important thing to mention here as we talk about emotions is the stuff, not only that it makes us do, but the stuff that we're, uh, are able to continue through. Like if I'm sad, I don't want to go out. I'm not going to drink that much, but you guys know me. I don't drink a lot, but after that game, I was ready to just take shots in the shower. Like, and even though I was like, I felt mentally and emotionally exhausted from having gone through that game, winning that game, just, I was just on another level. I was full of energy. I was ready to rock and roll. Like, I think it's amazing what emotions can do for people. And I think that's also why, like, there's so many songs about love um, and caring about people as well as like, I mean, think about Casablanca and all these, like all these movies and TV shows and books and poems and artworks and everything that's been done because of the emotions that people have felt and to express the emotions that we feel. Oh, perfect. I got another great story on the opposite side of the spectrum about when you're emotionally drained, what that can look like. Um, Not to like, you know, I'll jokingly say it's one of my war stories. I'll never forget when we finished our FTX, I was in basic training, basically we've been out in the woods for like five days and dude, Came back soaking wet because it's Georgia and it was hot. I'm covered head to toe in mud. My skin literally looks like my freaking hair color. Like I was just I just covered, dude. And like I I just remember taking a shower and finding like twigs in my pants and like leaves everywhere and like just gross stuff and just not caring at all. And it's like maybe that's a small thing, but like the rev- re- average person. We'd be like, oh my gosh, like, I just did, I was like, I just remember staring at the shower head, just like, 
nothing. <laughs> the endless void of time and space. So, you know, it can definitely, you can be emotionally amped and you can be emotionally drained. Let me add another one. Uh, it's funny now that we talk about this because I had one of my players today who jammed a finger. I was like, coach, just cut it off like a running lot and I'll get back in there. I'm like, no, we're not going to do that. Stop. <laughs> but running lot in the middle of the playoff push, I believe, right? Or was it the Super Bowl? Like had them cut off his finger and then reattach it later just so he can get back in. Yeah. So like it's one of those things where he was so emotionally invested in what was happening. His job, this is what he lives for, that he was willing to do that uh, just yeah. to stay in and play. Well, like, I mean, is adrenaline considered an emotion? Yeah, adrenaline is a physiological response to the emotions okay, that we yeah. feel, whether that's fear, I mean, love, anger, any of those things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're always hearing crazy stories about people on adrenaline doing some pretty crazy shit to – save somebody or get themselves out of a situation i mean there's like a running say not saying but like quote unquote knowledge that like if a mother sees their child trapped under the car they're gonna find the fucking strength to lift it to get their kid out you know what i mean yeah true like, enough yeah exactly that's yeah, yeah i don't but know that's if that's a, really true but yeah that concept right yeah yeah that's all emotions yeah but i think I, you know oh go ahead go ahead no i think it's just interesting that how you can behave differently too in certain scenarios. You know, like perfect example, working the nine to five, not well, nine to five. Now I'm going to put it like that. Working for the team. Mean, 6 a.m. to 9 p.m.? On a good day. Yeah, on a good day. Yeah. yeah, a, little, yeah, yeah. a light day. Yeah, my bad. That was my day. That was my day. Sorry. Not- yeah, light day for equipment. No, no. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but, you know, you couldn't. There are certain emotions that you need to keep in check. Like you couldn't, I don't want to say you couldn't come to work doom and gloom, but at practice, you need to keep that crap in check and behave professionally, you know? And then, you know, same with even the football team. Like I I think there's certain expectations of, you know, leave it off the field is a common saying you hear, you know, whatever is going on in your life needs to stay away. And you need to keep your emotions in check and focus on this. But then it's like, you know, after, you know, per se, we're done, you know, feel free to feel those emotions. You know, it's a common saying in, in like a part of the reason PTS is a huge issue in the U.S. military is it's like compartmentalization. Crap, I can't say it. Compartmentalization. Yes. You know, it's a, you're going through all this stuff and it's like, look, you got to lock in. You got to focus. So you take all these good, bad, and whatever emotions and you put it in a box or you forget about it for now. And then you deal with it later. Now, it's problematic. It's extremely problematic in that when they say later, they mean like four or five years, you know, once you're out of the military and not like after the fight or even after deployment, which is still a really long time to not deal with something. And for people that are lifers, it just never gets dealt with. And then it really, really becomes a big problem. So I, th- I think it's interesting. You know, we talk about the Washington game. Okay, look, even if Oregon wins a game, you're not – I will speak for the Willie Tiger and Mario Cristobal time. Either. You're not going to be going and dapping up Justin Herbert. Like, you can do that yeah. maybe, like, on the sideline when no one's paying attention per se, but you're not, after the game, going to run up to him and be like, oh, freaking out. Like, that's not going to be considered, like, acceptable. But at a game in that standard – it, all bets were off, man. If you wanted to go try to dab up my Christmas, you it might just work. It might just, it might just work, you know. So, you know what I mean. Or you want to crowd yeah. surf? Shout oh, out, Spence. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Or jump on the field. Or we're I mean, talking about behaviors versus emotions there, but you you know what I'm saying. There, well, right? I behave. Emotions lead to behaviors, and they then do. They vice do. versa. Or, so, like, yeah, it's part of the, the definition. Bars, Eddie, that's a perfect place to. Talk about emotions going left, right, and indifferent. Eddie, you mean let's let's talk about emotional unintelligence at the bars. You mean? Let's go, Eddie. You want to kick us off with some Taylor yeah. shit? I mean, it's just because it's like you have alcohol, it lowers your inhibitions, decreases your ability to manage emotions, and makes you think that you're just far better than you are. Uh, whether that's far stronger. Far better riz, far better whatever you want to say mm. makes you do it. So now you're emotion. Now we're confident, right? Or we're co- stupidly confident, basically. 
willing to do a lot. In, in the same way, it's like having that up from such a grand moment or event or personal thing that happens to you. And then, but you can induce it by drinking alcohol leads you to a lot of bad stuff. Like yeah. Picking fights you shouldn't or talking shit when you shouldn't. <clears throat> Chad. Yeah. I mean, what comes up must come down, right? And yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, alcohol is a fake upper, which, I mean. It's funny because it's I'm, a depressant, but like, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's a quick upper. It's a, it's a real yeah. quick. And, and I'll say this. If, if things go right at the, I think it's funny because I can say from personal experience, I'll admit. If things go right at the bars, I, I you never fill the down. <laughs> That's what makes it so dangerous. You're, you're willing to take on the down, which is like when you're on an emotional high or low, you're willing to take on some of those downs. I'm just saying when things go right at the bars, what down? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean. The hangover. <laughs> the hangover, yeah. But it's like totally worth it. Like I said, things yeah. go well. But things, now, things don't go well. You're going to drop like a sack yeah, of heavy bricks. Yeah. Because it's life's gonna hit you real hard and it's not gonna that's be true. Fun. And it's yeah. like that's when you see like what I think is a lot of dumb shit happen. And even amongst our friend group, we've seen a lot of dumb shit happen. I've done I'll admit I've done some dumb shit that I wish I hadn't. I've seen my friends do dumb shit. And it sucks because like you know, to a certain extent, you you're trying to help your buddies not do this, but it's like I mean, as we've talked about in past episodes, sometimes you just let your buddies go. They're like, and you never know how they're really feeling. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like, it's like letting someone walk around with a loaded um, taser. We'll say that. I don't want to say handgun, but, you know, walking, you know, they're going to either tase themselves all night or they're not, you know? And I think it's yeah. interesting looking back now, you know? But it's like, you know, most of the time you're in that same state of, intoxication so you're not there to help them process through it when they're intoxicated and so forth you know but it's like whenever you pick up your drunk buddy from the bar and they're saying some wild shit and you're like hey man you need to chill out you know because i don't know how many times you dd'd eddie or picked up but i've done it a lot because when i was times, yeah. the team, I, I mean i was not yeah a lot. And, dude, it's like i would pick up some of those guys and they were saying some crazy shit and i was like are you good? Like, chill. It's okay. Like, chill. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, again, I've done the same thing, but I definitely want to come back to the what you're talking about when, like, you can't be like that at work. Um, I want to oh, come yeah. back to that because I want to get on like the societal implications of emotions as well as where it's appropriate, where it's not appropriate. I think it's like one of those things where like, like you're saying, when you're at work, you're not really supposed to show emotion, right? Now, obviously depends on the workplace, the people in that workplace, the type of career you have, right? It's depend on a lot of those things because like if we're at practice, we can show emotion, right? Like we're allowed to get excited, be joyful, be focused, all those things, right? Now, I guess I should say... I guess you say you can't have the full spectrum of emotions, but you can have a certain amount of emotions that are very appropriate to show. Right? Yeah, but like you respectfully, you couldn't cry at practice unless no, you No, but like, that's what I'm saying. Like only some yeah. of the yeah, yeah. Trust me, there's some days people wanted to cry at practice. Yeah. <laughs> uh and there there were indeed. But like that's that's like uh, this is where like it's tangentially related to it. This is one part of it, and I'll come back to another part of it towards the end of the episode to our talk about being a guy where it's like how many times as a guy are you told growing up and watching movies and tv shows and reading books guys don't cry right you don't oh, show yeah. emotion you're stoic right you you carry the burden and you don't show you just keep going and it's like yeah. obviously in certain contexts you have to keep going and you have to be able to swallow that kind of emotions until you can properly process it but like you shouldn't completely carpet it compartmentalize it until like you explode which yeah. it's suicide prevention month and for those that don't know men are four times as likely to die from their suicide attempts than women are and men's suicide rate is very very high and it's i think a big i don't just think this i'm pretty sure this is evidence like research that part of that is because we aren't allowed to process and or express emotions 
right? Like when we talk about with Daniel in the first episode of mental health, it's like there was a point in time in his life where he had suicide ideation. It's like he wasn't going to open up about that, right? He didn't share that right. with us until three, four years later. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely fall somewhere and I'm not 100% sure where to land in that category because, you know, I think maybe because of some of the organizations I've been a part of, uh, fortunately and unfortunately, there are times where it's like, as much as I would love to have been able to cry and like maybe break down and like really go through my emotions, it just, it wasn't an option. Like it, it really was a, I don't want to say like super serious, but like it was that or like beyond, I don't know. There, it just wasn't an option. Like quitting wasn't a choice. You know what I mean? And it's like, part of me is glad that I found out that I could push through it and that I don't know. It's it's definitely a complex scenario. Yeah, I found like with equipment, I always tried with like when I became like in a leadership role, like, hey, guys, like, I just need you to push through this time period. And then if you have an issue after we get this done, feel free to go through it. You know what I mean? But like understand that like as bad as things may get or as bad as you feel, like unless you're physically like in serious danger like we have to get this done like there is no failure here you know it's not an option you know so i but i think it is a balance because it doesn't need to be that way with everything and it doesn't need to be never ever show emotions and stuff like that you know but i also think it's tough like finding maybe not so much now but i feel like when i was coming up like finding people that were emotionally available you know and would even like guys giving each other hugs, dude. Like, I feel like that was like controversial. You know, I, dude, there's been many times in college I was given a very hard time for hugging some of my friends. And that's at Oregon. And like in, you know, 2015 15 through 20, you know, like we've talked about in the guy episode, you know, we had a certain, we had a couple you know, um, bums that would like try to per se correct us for showing not, I don't want to say feminine traits, but like more open and caring traits, you know, and it's, yeah, they would, they would be joking to a certain extent, but it's like, if you gave them a hug for longer than three seconds, like a guy hug, you know, it was like, get off me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But you know what I'm talking about? No. Yeah. 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 So I, I want to come to two things on that. And one, I'll, actually, I'll do that one second. The first one, I love that you mentioned this hugs and the men showing, like, doing stuff. I don't know if you've seen this, but a lot of people in the Lord of the Rings communities across, like, because I'm, I'm in, like, a group on Instagram, a couple a couple pages on Instagram, a couple people on TikTok I follow, and Reddit groups, stuff like that. And even Twitter shows up all the time. We're like, people have talked about this concept that the men, and male characters in Lord of the Rings, the primary characters, not not like Denethor or people like that, right? Like talking about like let's let's think about the fellowship itself. Maybe outside Boromir, they're fully trustworthy human beings that have shown emotion in the films, in the books, are willing to give their homies hugs, carry them, right? Ride and die for them. I mean, Aragorn gives uh Boromir a kiss on the head when he dies and passes away, like to show a side of masculinity that isn't often shown and then be highly respected for it and be people of, of, of high respect as well within that you know universe, if you will. Right. So I think it's interesting you brought that up. The other part I wanted to bring up is back to the your concept of the EQ and why I said it depends on the context and the moments is emotional intelligence is something that is so underrated. And essentially, just to introduce the concept real quick and I'll pass it off to you. The ability to manage both your own emotions and understand the emotions of people around you. There are five key elements, self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy, and social skills. And I, I want to come back to that in like 10, 15 minutes when we talk about some other stuff. But yeah, what do you think yeah, about that? I, you know, something that instantly came to my mind that I thought it was interesting when you talked about Lord of the Rings, you know, like all of that's like combat based when they're showing these emotions typically. And, you know, I think it's funny, like some of the tropes, whenever you watch war films, and you see these just hardcore guys at the either the ending of the movie when they hit their breaking point or their guys do, you know, they, you know, they are crying. They are like 
you can see it in their face, just emotionally, just devastated. And they are giving each other hugs. And, and unfortunately, when their when their buddies do pass away, you tend to see, you know, a kiss on the forehead or, or at least a, an emotional goodbye, you know? But then it's like, at the same time, watching the same films, you see the opposite. You know what I mean? And I just, I think it's an interesting dichotomy, you know, of where people draw the line and where it's socially acceptable in that scenario. And like, even equipment, like, or not equipment, but football in general, I wonder, I, I would be curious to know at what point through like support staff, talking about you guys, us, at what, how much, um, physical, emotional damage would we have had to have gone through that was displayed to the coaching staff to have one of them give us a hug and be like into like seriously no you la you're laughing eddie but i'm being fucking serious to see them and have them give us a hug and just be like be all right man like you know because I mean? you know exactly you know we're i'm keeping it real you know exactly. I know you are. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say yeah, I think the tight exactly end coach at the time would have dapped me up and give me one of the bro hugs though. I think he did. No, but I'm saying the legit hug, like, "Hey, man, you look like you were having a hard time." Oh, like, yeah, to us. Yeah, you're yeah, right. You're right. Because yeah. because that's the thing. Almost everybody on support staff was having a hard fucking day once a week, like a really bad fucking day, and it was a, you know. I you know I don't want to use certain language, but it was definitely a you know keep that shit away from the team. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I think you know because I think even the player experience, even like I don't know, I don't want to speak for walk ons completely, but I think even the player experience at Oregon, you know, if they're having a hard day. Their coach, I've seen some coaches give guys hugs. You know, and they would have a hard practice, and the coach, and the coach would have a heart to heart with the player. But us, yeah. I, I would be truly curious to know like how fucking bad things would have to be before it was a get this fucker off my field type shit. You know what I mean? I'm, Sorry. I'm, being I, I'm laughing because I, it's, laughing. I, I'm laughing because I fully believe you and I fully yeah. understand what you're getting at. And I'm just thinking about the hilariousness of like Mario Cristobal giving like one yeah. of the one of the, his assistant or some of the other guys. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you another a, a great story. I, when I was working equipment. Uh, long story short, we were doing some dumb stuff, trying to make time hit a hit time, and I got hit with a metal pole, and it like threw me off the gator, knocked me to the ground, it like fucked me up. Um, and I remember like I couldn't get up for a little bit. I was kind of dazed. And I remember Justin Herbert like actually like grabbed me. And he was like, "Are you okay?" And I was just like, I was on the, I was about to cry, dude, because that shit hurt. I was like, "Yeah, I'm good, man." And he was just like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, because they were headed to the buses to go to a game. But, you know, it's just like that's probably like maybe the closest besides like one other incident. But I don't know. I just think it's interesting. Like, I'd be truly curious. Do you have any thoughts on how far things would have had to have gone? From I gone pretty far, man. I mean, like. I think you, I think you had to have been stabbed. Maybe. I mean, I got knocked out at practice by one of the coaches, and he laughed at me for it. That's all I'm saying. I think you gotta get you gotta like, stabbed or some shit, dude. I, yeah, you, you would like, have to come out and be like, "Hey, sorry, coach. I haven't been around. My whole family got killed in front of my eyes." And then I think, yeah, it's like I think they give you a hug, fucking knife wound to the throat, and it's like shooting out, and you're like, "I just need a hug." Like, and and like we're joking and laughing about this, but this is the shit that like gets people fucked up, and this is the fucked up shit of working for certain organizations, and that's not me trying to shit on Oregon football. Or anything like that. I'm just saying that's how I, I know it is. I know it's that way at a lot of organizations. You it know? is. And this I was is the shit. Though, currently, I think the current administration would have. I think they would have done it. From I mean, what I've heard. I, we'll see. Uh, it's more too likely hard to, to have done it. More, more likely, likely to have yeah. done. It. Yeah. I mean, and I get it. Football is one of those cases where it's all about being hardcore and hyper masculine. Yeah, yeah, hyper masculine, but. I just, I, you know what I mean? But I think those are perfect scenarios for us to talk about it. You know, again, at what point, and we're joking about getting fucking shot and stabbed. It shouldn't take a person going through the most extremes of life to get a fucking hug. You know, when they're, when they are very clearly, when I, Eddie can, I, Eddie and me can both tell you multiple stories. Where people were very clearly upset and hanging on by a fucking string. And thank God, like the scenarios, most of the scenarios I saw, you know, there was somebody, their buddies on staff that were there to give them a hug and just 
talk to him, have him take a deep breath, something. You know what I mean? Like, I think, and that's where you talk about brotherhood, you know, amongst organizations like that. Unfortunately, it's not the senior guy that it should be that's giving you that hug or telling you it's going to be okay. It's, it's your homie to the left or the right, you know? Just to be noted, yeah. I, I was always great about taking care of my guys. Not to, they know who they are. They, they yeah. will vouch for uh, me. I do want to take that and, and roll that back into emotional intelligence and that co- emotional intelligence and that concept because I think it's such a it is so underrated because if you want to be a leader, you have to be in tune with like the morale, if you will, of the people that you lead, and part of that involves understanding what is going to bring the best out of them physically. But a lot of people forget the mental and emotional aspect of that as well. How draining is it to be not given that promotion year after year? How yeah. emotionally draining is it? How, how emotionally unintelligent and stupid do you have to be when you have someone that's performing so well? And, and just as an example, generic example, and to not promote them, they're going to be so emotionally exhausted from that and frustrated and angry, they will not be willing to put in the very work that they need to get it. And then that leads to other issues. I think this concept yeah. of emotional intelligence is so important. And I think, where do you learn that from? Because even though we've talked about observational learning today, where you're learning that from the people around you, this, this is the same thing that I get on about paying your taxes. Where do you learn that? Where do you learn to get out of poverty? If you grow up in a household that is very abusive and what you've learned is if I want to show my emotions, I hurt people. Who like... Even though you might want to go by social cues, there's external forces that have to intervene to change that. You know what I mean? So it's like it's it presents an interesting case because that's part of where you can learn from. Damn. Dude, that's that's it, like really well said, Eddie. That's really yeah. well said. Because I'm thinking about myself, it's like I I think it's like unfortunately from my own like experience, it's like something you go through and then you can kind of see it in others. You know, that like mental anguish, you know, I, yeah. I think it's, it's really hard to tell when someone's like at, at that breaking point until you've been there yourself. In my own opinion, I could be totally wrong. I'm sure there's like professional training to see that stuff, but it's like, yeah, that's why it, it, it's like, I joke and kid about it, but like, I think it was a great thing for me to go through like army OSET before EQ, because it gave me a lot of like insight, at least on seeing like emotions in people and like when people are kind of hitting that wall and it's like this is not the time to push this is not this is not going to end well if you do this you know and not to say i was like a fucking expert either you know yeah no and and the reason i'm kind of going along this route is because you know just an example right so obviously for those that have read the blog post i lost my dog recently and i've been kind of wondering why am I so short fused the last week and a half? Like I, these, the kids I'm coaching shouldn't piss me off this much. Like objectively speaking, like I know that in the past they haven't, even when they've done similar stuff, they haven't, but here I am with such a short fuse and I'm like, Oh, let me take a look at what I'm feeling. Well, I lost my dog. Grief can affect you. And this is where like the emotions are tied into it. I'm deep sadness, grief, frustration, that leads to further issues and other behaviors that I may not want to express. But I took the time to recognize that. How many TV shows and movies and shit do we go, oh, I know they're grieving, but damn, bro, they got to rein it in. And they don't, right? Like, it takes some intelligence. And I'm not doing this to, like, applaud myself. I'm saying this as an example because it's like, how do you learn this stuff? And I know that in current day, and I'm, I'm leading with this, this is something that has been mentioned by the Fox sisters when they're on in the mental health episode two, as well as by Joey and August who have been on here about education and about bullying is this concept of social emotional learning that I think is such an important part of education. It'd be no different than me advocating for people to learn how to pay taxes in fucking classes or doing woodshop or doing any of these things because they're integral components to living a good life. And just to define this real quick, Bryce, if you want to run with it too, Social emotional learning is a strength-based developmental process that begins at birth and evolves across the lifespan. That's just in general, by the way, for people out there thinking this is some kind of, it has been, it has been likened to CRT and all this other bullshit that it has nothing to do with. That's just in general. 
Obviously, it's a process by which children, adolescents, and adults learn skills to support healthy development and relationships. And then furthermore, when you talk about the fundamentals of social emotional learning in education, not generically, it's an important part of education and human development, the process by which we acquire and apply the knowledge, skills, and attitudes to develop healthy identities, manage emotions, and achieve personal and collective goals, feel and show empathies for others, establish and maintain supportive relationship, and make responsible, responsible and caring decisions. If we can increase our intelligence in general, which includes emotional intelligence, we will make for better citizens, make better decisions, be able to handle all the bullshit like those at us, right? So it's like this concept that I think it's important to put into schools and have people educate on it. This is something that I can at least remember uh, Kendall talking about it as something that she had been working on and uh, using as a counselor as well as Joey talking about him learning about it to eventually use it. I think it's an important part of the aspect because, again, if their parents aren't going to teach it, if their communities aren't able to teach it and help them manage emotions, who will? Because are we just raising kids that are going to be bad, no manners, all this other stuff, right? Or just lash out. We see what's the one of the most dangerous groups of people currently in the United States is like freaking 16 to 21-year-old, 22-year-old, 25-year-olds who commit yeah, a lot man. of these crimes. Like, and it's like you, people are going to be like, oh, where are their parents? That? It's also like, when were they ever taught how to manage the bullshit that they, you know what I mean? Like, that's, well, yeah. I'll, I'll speak to my own experience on why maybe it's just not even enough for the parent because like, I, I mean, like, I grew up with all women in my household and like, I remember getting told as a young kid, like, it was okay to cry, it was okay to express emotions, but I think what I did learn that, yeah, that stuff was okay at home. But the first time I tried that shit in middle school, I found a, not a correct, but a hard fucking life lesson in that it wasn't cool with all the other guys and the other peers, you know, around me. And it caused me problems. And like, unfortunately, I wasn't like uh, secure enough in myself at that point in my life to be like, oh, well, they're just fucking wrong. You know, I, I, I you know, thinking about this episode, I just remember hearing horror stories from guys I knew of you know they would they would talk about yeah i remember crying once and then my dad beat the shit out of me for it you know or i remember crying once and i got bullied by my older brother i remember crying once and my coach made me run two miles until i stopped crying you know just countless things like that or or like doing you know hugging or any of like anything that we considered um homoerotic and people using certain language to punish you with that, you know, and putting you in a category and they can uh, mean homophobic. Sorry. Homophobic. My apologies. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and doing stuff like that. And so it's like, you know, I, I think growing up, it's like, you know, kind of grow up with your peers sometimes. And like, maybe it's, maybe in my case, you know, because I didn't really have too many male role models growing up. Yeah, I kind of relied on what other guys were doing as well to know what quote unquote men, boys were supposed to be doing at my age. So maybe I was a little more susceptible to that. But, you know, I remember too, like, even when I was a little bit older in high school, just there were times where I would like try to open up and that shit got shot down, even by some friends of mine. And not to knock them. I mean, I think everyone's young and trying to figure it out. But like Eddie said, you know, a lot of these crimes and, um, that are, you know, being done by young men, I tend to wonder, I mean, I think a lot of people are trying to figure themselves out and trying to prove themselves to a certain extent and find who they are. And I think it can be very detrimental when the crowd you're around outside of your home life, because, you know, most people probably don't even have it as good as I did from an emotional uh, learning perspective at home. So it's just like, yeah, that's a good point. Where are you going to learn it? Probably from your peers and who you surround yourself with. And unfortunately, if all the other 16-year-old jocks have it wrong, you're going to have it wrong. Like, you know, so and it's like who's going to correct them? It's not going to be your high school coach. They don't they don't respect Maybe it'll be society when they go to fucking jail. I don't know. And they'll meet a lifer in prison and the lifer lets them know, you know? Yeah, I think for me, like, I got lucky in that, like, I went again to OSET, like, straight out of high school. 
And it was like, real world hit me real fucking hard. And I found that I was not a hardcore guy like I thought I was. You know, and I got lucky that even in somehow the RE set, there were men a couple years older than me that kind of showed me, like, hey, man, like, you can be hardcore and still cry. You know what I mean? Like, that's, those two can, they're not, they're not the same. You know what I mean? It's a, just because you're hardcore doesn't mean you're crying. Just because you cry doesn't mean you're not hardcore, you know? And then, luckily, I met the bums, and for the most part, Eddie and some other guys had their shit together when it came to that, and I got lucky. But, like, I think, I think, what Eddie said and other people on the podcast have said, like, this is something, honestly, is probably super crucial and needs to be taught, not only at a young age, but, like, every year. Because, you know what? Every year, men and women are growing through school and facing different challenges and different things in life are happening. And I think even as adults, you can never really stop uh, growing emotionally. So, I mean, I can only speak from my own experience. As we've talked about countless times of podcasts, my public school experience in Oklahoma, vastly distant than the great, almighty, undisputed De La Salle. Um, but yeah, you know yeah, what? Yeah. I know a lot of people that I know today that had fairly similar experiences as me in high school. So I know I'm not the only one, you know? And, and, and I don't know. I mean, Eddie, do you think part of it's just age? Do you think at some point guys stop trying to, per se, impress each other or I don't. I don't know what. I, something I've noticed, and I would need. We would need like people to actually research this, and I know it would be difficult. Something I've noticed is like, I think there's this phenomenon that happens where a lot of people do end up growing. That that concept of growing up, becoming more mature, right? There are unfortunately a lot of people that just get stuck with that old mindset, and they really don't take the experiences or things that happen to them in life and, and grow from them. They end up kind of going sideways. It happens. We know people that are still like that to this day. It's just like, dude, like fucking grow up, please. Yeah. Um, whether or not they had role models in life to help them out or not. Like, again, if they didn't, it's like, who's going to fucking teach them? If they're not going to listen to their peers and no one stepped in to intervene and say, Hey, like we got to do this stuff. Cause it could be as simple as like when you're in third grade and you hit someone cause they stole your fucking lunch. A teacher can be like, hey, that's not how we do this. What we do is you let me know. You tell them, hey, that's not okay. Then you come get a teacher or someone, and then we handle it from there, right? Like, that that's social emotional learning. Literally, that is how you – that is, like, basic shit that, like, any teacher has probably had to do, you know, almost every day. Um, and that's a part of that curriculum. That's just a normal thing that you do, right? Um yeah. So I think it's just one of those things that like, yeah, a lot of people end up maturing, but there's also this amount of people that kind of stay stuck in their ways. Hence why I'm advocating for people learning how to manage emotions. Because like, there's so many positive outcomes, better managing stress, building strong relationships, um, better living day to day, persevering through the emotions you face and the, and the behaviors that come out of it, better mental wellness, higher educational outcomes, higher uh, sports outcomes or athletic outcomes or outcomes, whatever like you might be doing. Like if you... I mean, if you think about it just intuitively, if you're better able to deal with life stress and what emotions will come of that, then you'd be better able to just continue on through life in a good, healthy way. So I, I guess that's kind of like, yeah, it's 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 like, oh my God, it's mind blowing, right? But it's not. Yeah, and like it's obviously. Yeah, and I, I mean, I can't fully speak for Eddie, but I think a huge reason we wanted to do this episode is because it is so obvious it is a big big fucking problem in modern right now u.s society that there's all oh. these people that don't know that yeah let me add this real quick their emotions. kids yeah not even just that u.s bro we well, have we need to fucking well. help to manage our shit but let alone the kids that had to grow up during covid to deal with the stress of feeling like they're behind the stress of staying home, any traumas they may have endured because they've had to be home. Like that's real too. And that's stuff that they need help with. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, life is hard. You know, no one gets through unscathed. Why not at least have an idea of some of the tools that can help you process the hardships that you're going through or you're going to go through because unfortunately everybody gets hit in the face with life. There's no way to yeah. escape it. 
you know, and the best you can do is really just get yourself, train yourself to be able to process things. And unfortunately, sometimes that's not enough, but it's better to do that than nothing, you know, or lash out, right? Or lash out and harm others, which is never the answer, you know? And I think we're seeing that. I mean, we haven't really talked about the specific issue, I guess, that we're exactly hitting at, but we definitely will, I'm sure, in a future episode. But we're definitely, uh, cough, cough. Gun violence, <laughs> school shooting, cough. Yeah. So, you know, we're definitely uh, hinting at some major issues, specifically in the U.S., but. I'd even you know, have gay violence that, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, imagine but, if, yeah. Yeah. Big, I mean, but it's again, all, I mean, I think when you look at, like, that, that one specifically, again, it's just a whole bunch of guys. Uh, and I don't want to generalize people in those situations, but from my experience, a whole bunch of guys that never just had even positive role models and it's like it's always just the peers around them unfortunately and they but the the intersect yeah it's like it's obviously not the only thing that would save it but it's like part of that is yeah but but i think you know something i wanted to talk to too because i know we're kind of getting to the end of this i don't really have much else so if there's anything else you want to bring up yeah you know, because Eddie, you're a coach, so you're in a leadership position. So you you get you get like, well, I'm, I'm sorry, not doing my best at exaggerating my point or pointing my pointing out my points. Yeah, I think it's funny because we've watched a lot of movies together, and just growing up, you watch these movies where the coach or the per se leader misses that they, this character is going through such a hard fucking time, you know, and it's either detrimental or the coach finds out too late. Or eventually he figures it out and then things turn out better. You know what I mean? And it's just like, it's interesting now, like looking back when I was in like a leadership position, dude, talking to my guys like after, you know, years after and just chatting and knowing that they were going through certain things. I just look back and I'm like hit myself on the head with a hammer because I'm just like, how did I not ask this question? How did I, how did I not see that my guy was struggling with math homework and he didn't feel like he could reach out to anybody? You know what I mean? And, like, I don't know if you've experienced that yet as a coach where you've had a player that's maybe struggling for something and you just haven't seen it yet or you – or you know what I mean? I've seen some of the guys struggle, and I'm still trying to figure out what it is exactly. Like, I have a kid – he's not struggling necessarily. He's still pretty involved, but I think he's definitely distracted. He's going to be gone next – or he's going to be gone soon for a funeral. Uh, One of his close family members passed away, and I'm like – Dude, like, don't worry about it. You're going to be able to play. Like, that's a totally excused absence. You know, take the time that you need. Um, And I said that the day of, and I was in a hurry to leave. So, like, the next time I saw him, like, look, I I apologize if I was very short with you. You know, that's not – I was, like, I was your age when I lost my grandfather. Um, I was in high school as a sophomore. Like, I've been through it. I, I understand what it's like right now, and especially when you live in a Hispanic and Latino household. You feel that even more. Family's like huge and you grow up together. And, and I understand that. So I was like, don't worry. Your spot won't be taken. Like you'll be able to play, right? Like just trying to reassure him, right? And at least he came forward to talk about that. Some of the other kids, I'm still trying to figure out if there's other stuff kind of going on that's getting to them, but it is hard to tell. And it's hard if they don't want to open up. You know, you can only do so much to encourage them to do so. Oh, dude. I mean, I can totally speak on like, I remember when my grandmother got, diagnosed with cancer like i didn't want to tell anybody about that and like why you know i was struggling to perform athletically and just i i you know and i i think it can depend on the person and the circles of the trust you have with your coach and so forth but i don't know i just i was just curious if you would have any thoughts like that yet yeah, because i mean last year you know, actually i had two examples from last year kind of like trying to teach these two kids how to manage your emotions really talking about like hey like you guys have to learn how to experience the anger and frustration that you feel understand it's going to pass and know that before it does you can't lash out because you will only make things worse because like i had a situation where one of the kids made it worse because he was so angry right and it's like dude like you unfortunate those are the consequences so so much we could do about that you know and it's it it is tough but you know you kind of do your best to hopefully help them through those situations and, and teach them if you can. But yeah, yeah, uh, I mean, 
But I think that I think that's all I would say for this episode. I think there's again, like the last episode we just yeah. did, a lot more points to to go for from here. You know, to talk about because absolutely, yeah. I think uh, mental health is a big, gigantic circle, and encompassing that is life experiences. How well, and I think what we've talked about is the skill set per se of how you handle emotions, you know, and that's just one factor of it, you know. So, but yeah. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Appreciate it. Uh, if you haven't already, follow us at the bums, T H E B U underscore M S. Main source of information. Our website, strugglingbums.com. Try to post one to two, maybe three blog posts a month on that website. That's kind of what we got there. Also, check out our episodes and get to know us a little bit better, too, there. Um, our Instagrams are where we mainly have stuff. You seem to like that we post reels with our faces and reactions, so we're going to keep doing that. Um, if there's any other recommendations or advice you guys might have or topics you want to talk about, just let us know. Always happy to talk about. When we're recording this, we did put in our story if you guys want to talk about you know godzilla that's something that i said we should do especially with like godzilla minus zero coming out this year as well as oh, no. uh I I the sure. apple tv show on the monsterverse coming out this year well, as well so I, I think what eddie about. was like gonna say and i hope topic, i'm not talking so. over him just stuff like that uh, basically we put in our story um, basically some Price questions we're hoping to do a pod anniversary episode um, so if we'll you guys have you guys any questions later. about me, Eddie, anything really, shoot it our way. We're probably pretty open to talk about. I can't think of a scenario. I can't think of a question we wouldn't answer. So shoot some hard ones if you really want. Um, oh, and the other one I believe that's up. We're doing a Godzilla uh, one. I've seen the outline. Boy, I am not ready for it. But uh, yeah. Well, I'm going to try to hit. Leave. Hope I don't screw this up. I'll see you bums later.